Hello and welcome to Thousand Yard Stare. I'm your host, John Morrison. Memo to American Christians, maybe Trump is not the friend you want, but is the only friend you got. Now, this is not a monologue to defend Trump's character. I don't know the man. I am hugely familiar with the media caricature, but not the real man. After four years, we have a good idea of how he governs, and I would say it is politically strategic. Now let's go with the argument that given his personal track record with the opposite sex, his salty language, and arrogant demeanor, there is no way he could be a quote-unquote Christian. He is only engaging in the God-speak to curry favor with the large Christian conservative voter base. Now, from a purely cynical perspective, Trump will continue to cater to the Christian conservatives because he is mathematically required to do so. Now, this is not a slight. That's politics, the art of quote-unquote catering to. Now, Trump doesn't have a snowball's chance in July of winning hardcore blue states, so he must maintain support in traditional red strongholds to achieve electoral college victory in November. Now, I approach Trump just like I would any politician. I consider his or her platform. If I like what I hear, I will vote her or him in. From then on, it's monitor the discrepancy between the promises made and promises kept. Uh, Trump has accomplished a lot in terms of economic growth, slash taxes, and more importantly, regulations, which incentivize business that creates jobs. He essentially removed the government boot that Obama had on the necks of the entrepreneur. His promotion of fracking has resulted in lower energy costs for domestic industry, which has enabled America to tell OPEC to go pound sand. This is hugely geopolitical as well for all those anti-war demonstrators who chant no blood for oil. The trend towards drilling at home should indicate a more complete divorce from the dysfunctional Middle East, commercially and militarily. Uh, The aforementioned are but a few of the feathers in the orange man's hat. It should also be pointed out that he pulled this all off fighting the albatross of the FBI, CIA, Hollywood, Silicon Valley, academia, and an extremely hostile Democrat-controlled Congress, which is vigorously cheered on by the White House press corps. Now, Trump haters will assert that he has instigated all of this by himself. If he kept his eye on the ball and governed, they argue, the persecution from the above listed could have all been avoided. But the evidence from witnesses under sworn testimony, not anonymous sources, reveal that government harassment of the Trump campaign was in full swing before the Donald was voted into the Oval Office. We know there was an illegal surveillance on the Trump campaign members and a phony story about Trump consorting with Russian hookers was floated with Hillary Clinton's fingerprints all over it. Essentially, the incumbent government was interfering in the campaign. It reads like the stuff of banana republics, but it's the good old USA. It's all gone unmentioned in the MSN because it happened to a Republican. I can remember not long ago that there was a leftist belief that the FBI and the CIA were the, quote, enemy of the people. It was these organizations that were above congressional oversight, along with the military-industrial complex that really ran America. They manipulated elections and co-opted the legislative process to benefit their rich donor class domestically and, in the case of the CIA, the rest of the world. But these same voices have fallen silent in the case of Trump. 
So we saw that play out in full view in 2016. But now if you repeat this, you are a wild conspiracy theorist. And how dare you trash these patriotic FBI agents working tirelessly to protect us from, quote, foreign interference. Now, it's hard for me to comment on Trump, the man, because the response to him personally is so epic in scale that it's hard to make assessments of him apart from that conflict. It's unique times we're living in. It is a war for all intent and purpose. Americans outside the blue elite enclaves are fed up with the cavalier attitude of the power brokers. So they elected a flamethrower from Queens, New York, to do their bidding back in 2016. And ever since then, it's been war on the orange man. When somebody is embroiled in combat, they will not always appear as calm or judicious. A lot of normies, non-political citizens, will see the clipped Trump crude reaction to something at night on Jimmy Kimmel and make the judgment call of him clearly on that. No, not considering that uh, Trump may have just read a tweet from some Hollywood has-been uh, wishing rape on his 14-year-old son. And they criticize him for not being presidential. So you have to wonder, you know, how presidential would uh, Barack Obama have been if he would have read that kind of uh, vile rhetoric hurled at him? Uh, you know, lefties will try and tag him with the racist slur, which I find to be nonsensical. Um, that racist term has become meaningless in the last uh, five, six years. Uh, the goalposts keep moving on the definition of that word. Uh, Trump's stance on illegal immigration and his wall aspiration is Bill Clinton rhetoric uh, circa 1996. I remember Clinton making a speech uh, you know, indicating his desire to build a physical barrier on the Mexican-American border and talking about the, the perils of illegal immigration and the problems. Uh, Barack Obama repeated it in uh, 2006 when he was campaigning. It was what they used against current setting President George W. Bush criticized his lack of action on the border, illegal immigration. And uh, Barack Obama used the same, basically the same talking points as Donald Trump. You know, and I don't remember after Clinton's, you know, famous speech excoriating the porous southern border. I don't remember uh, him being accused of dog whistling to white nationalists on the Sunday morning news talk shows. Or was he ever disavowed by Barbara Streisand and the rest of his Hollywood pals? And the Charlottesville fine people on both sides, quote unquote, lie lives on, despite the fact that uh, he clarified not even a few sentences later at the time of that quote, that, quote, the KKK and the white nationalists should be condemned totally. So this is, you know, it's shocking to me that it's so easy to dispute that quote and that, the, his, that uh, claim that he is a racist. If you look at the, the actual quotes that he's made and the actual, so it's, it's, it's a lie. Uh, I, have, I certainly have no problem with anybody criticizing the president, but, you know, it has to be ground in truth. Uh, people are entitled to their own opinions, but not their own facts. You know, and I recently read a post on Facebook from an old college friend of mine comparing Trump supporters in 2020 
who defend him on his economic record but don't like his manner, with citizens in Nazi Germany who turned a blind eye to Hitler's atrocities because they liked the fact that the trains ran on time. So that's the level of discourse out there. It's hard to process the line of thinking that says because the Trump voter doesn't want to support the bat-crap, crazy leftist Democrat party in his present state, he or she is complicit in great malevolence. Now, my friend and I have never shared any political common ground, but after a post like that, I would say that we have lost some personal common ground as well. Now that I've gone great lengths to demonstrate the reaction to Trump phenomenon, to give perspective to the questions about his moral character. Trump is flawed, but compared with who? Contrasting his belligerent behavior, ill-informed tweets, checkered sexual past with the current Democratic Party who is hell-bent on destroying traditional values and supports abortion up until the time the child is coming down the birth canal. And if you think I'm uh, engaging in hyperbole, just check out some of the quotes from high-ranking members of the Democratic Party, Governor Ralph Northam, uh, uh, any, any, any of the Hollywood elite, the people who support, support Joe Biden and the Democrats and see what their position is. It's quite chilling, the position on uh, abortion. So a Christian, whatever misgivings they have may have about the Donald, you have to really juxtapose it with the other side of the aisle, which is really gone to the point of extreme depravity regarding uh, abortion. So my children, who, uh, who are of school age, uh, primary school age, you know, they, they, they ask me the question often, you know, why do people hate Trump? And I have to honestly respond with, I don't know. Uh, he's, you know, very crude and, and, and rough around the edges in his appearance. Uh, then I go on to explain that, well, you know, presidents in the past have been hated. Uh, George W. Bush, who initiated a war in Iraq under really shaky pretenses, resulted in millions of Iraqi civilians getting killed and American soldiers and personnel getting killed and billions of trillions of dollars being spent. And he was hated for that. Uh, the left did hate his personality before that, but that was he was hated for that particular action. He was defined by that. And that's something that I understand, don't necessarily agree, but I understand the, the level of hostility and hatred. Um, uh, Barack Obama got a lot of flack from uh, conservatives in the during his tenure because he presided over that horrible Affordable Care Act, which... Uh, resulted in uh, Americans' premiums for health care going up as opposed to going down. So it was a, a disaster on all fronts, that particular issue, which affected the whole country and affected the economy. So he received a lot of hostility for that. But for the Donald, um, they're just, uh, policy-wise... There just isn't anything that, that, that comes close to that. There is, he's the first a U.S. president not to start a war since Jimmy Carter. So he's also presided over a few peace deals in the Middle East. 
So the hatred and the hostility towards him is just completely disproportionate in, in, in my mind. And I explain that to my children. That uh, just because a person is polite doesn't mean they're moral. And because they are rough around the edges doesn't mean they are evil. You know, the full court press of the American intel community has failed miserably in indicting and deposing the duly elected leader, Donald Trump. So either they are grossly incompetent or the Donald is guilty of no wrongdoing vis-a-vis Russia, Ukraine, or anything else. Now, some uh, haters will respond with, well, you know, the reason is it's because he has goods on the Dems. And uh, he has, he has, a, he has a, uh, an agreement worked out with other Democrats, high-ranking Democrats, that he won't blow the whistle on them, they won't blow the whistle on him, mutual assured destruction, that sort of thing. Which I find to be baseless. Uh, Epstein, the crony of Bill Clinton, who was uh, trafficking underage girls, in a sex ring and had a island where he would frequent on a regular basis uh, entertaining his friends in the uh, Democrat elite and the power, power structure, the power brokers all across America. He would fly them down to his island in the Caribbean where there was uh, a whole harem of underage girls where they would uh, avail themselves of these underage girls. So this was going on. Everybody knew about this. This was public record in 2016 at the time of the election cycle. And I was always kind of puzzled why the Republicans didn't play that angle that Hillary Clinton was only two, uh, one person removed from a pedophile. Her husband, uh, Bill, his name was on the flight manifest umpteen times going back and forth to that island. So my point is, everybody knew what Epstein and what Bill Clinton were up to in 2016. And nobody cared. My favorite radio talk show host, uh, Andrew Wilkow, which is on Sirius XM Patriot, every day at 1 o'clock, or sorry, noon, Eastern Time he starts. And he always cites New York Times articles from the early 90s regarding the Clintons. And, you know, this is the New York Times. And, and Wilkow is very clever in that regard because he says, obviously, he would not be so silly as to release a article on the Clintons from the American Spectator and National Review because they'd be quickly dismissed as propaganda, partisan, you know, hacks. So he's always careful to, you know, point out the New York Times is obviously sympathetic to the Democratic Party. And so he would often feature these articles written about the Clintons. And uh, during their tenure as Arkansas governor and certain scandals like... uh, Bill Clinton taking payoffs from uh, Tyson Chicken and uh, turning a blind eye to certain polluting of rivers and so on and so forth. And this was all done in the New York Times 
But there was really no political fallout as a result of these exposés. Clinton was, and still does remain in somewhat good graces of the liberal elite. Is Trump a godly man? Only God knows the heart. But I do know this. A lot of the devil's people hate this guy. And that works for me. But in the grander sense, why are we spiritualizing this particular election? Are we under some kind of uh, the illusion that the people of faith will have an easier go of it if Trump secures victory uh, November 3rd? Now, rest assured, it's not going to be a peaceful transition. It wasn't a peaceful transition in 2016, so I don't know why we believe it's going to be any less rancorous in this time around. Um, the potential of mail-in voter scam is, is very real. And, of course, the rioting squads were deployed during this last summer are on standby to resume their activity given a uh, potential Trump victory. And I really do believe that Americans need to vote Republican down ticket as well. I don't believe that if Democrats maintain power in the Senate, or sorry, power in the House, and take back the Senate, I do believe that it will be another lame duck presidency for Donald Trump for the next four years. I don't believe there's going to be any kind of let up. There's no reason to believe that that they will be abated in any way, shape, or form. And I think it's become clear as you really delve into it, just the lack of moral compass that exists within the corridors of power. And Trump is certainly no answer, no, doesn't indicate any kind of reverse of that trend. He is a speed bump, I do believe. So as believers, as in the book of Ephesians, it says, it truly is not a fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So I just want to say, buckle up, pilgrims. The battle is escalating. Peace out.